It all comes down to this. The Packers travel to Detroit on Sunday with the NFC North title on the line. We'll preview the game with Drew Olson of the Big 920. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about a big game coming up against the Detroit Lions with the NFC title on the line on Sunday. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today, Drew Olson, host of the Big 920 and the Big 1070 in Milwaukee and Madison, respectively. Mr. Olson, how you doing today? Drew, are you there? Drew, are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Drew, I I actually have a previous relationship with you, uh, reaching out to you back when I was the editor of the Maple Street Press magazines. I believe that was back in 2011. How have you been for the past few years? I've been waiting for you to call, man. Did you lose my number or what? (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, our magazine went out of business, so uh, uh, otherwise I'd have you back. Uh, that's all right, man. We can uh, rekindle now. Yeah, that, that magazine gig was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a good deal. But all right, we got a lot to talk about here, Drew, with this game on Sunday. What do you think are the odds of Randall Cobb playing after missing last week's game and not practicing yet this week? He's dealing with that ankle injury. Well, for a veteran player, missing practice isn't that big a deal. You can talk about the importance of timing and everything, but Given the importance of this game and Randall Cobb's competitive nature, I'd be stunned if he doesn't play. Now, the thing is, um, at what percentage will he be able to play and perform? And will he cut into Geronimo Allison's productivity? Because that's a question now after last week, because a lot of people are loving them some Geronimo. But I'd be stunned if he doesn't play. And, you know, Randall Cobb, he, he um, even if he's limited, I mean, the Packers could definitely use him as a punt returner um, if he's able because he's probably the best guy they have had their best option. And this is a, this is a kitchen sink game. This is all hands on deck. And I, I'd be stunned if he doesn't play. Yeah. I think he's going to play as well. Uh, speaking of health here, what percent health wise do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be at after watching him last week? Well, he's been so phenomenal. And even when he had the bad uh, hamstring and calf, he looked pretty healthy to me last week. I think that at this point in the season, Unless you're just coming off an injury or something, I think most players in the, in the NFL uh, are a little bit beat down. So he might be at about 90% capacity just based on the regular bumps and bruises that come from playing. And the fact that the Packers schedule this, this year, they had the bye week so early. They've been on a kind of an every week grind. And uh, But I think he's – I would put him at about 90 90%, which is at this time of the year, like it's basically 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I can buy that. I was going to say even higher. I thought he looked so good last week that he's getting close to 100. But you're right. The the bumps and bruises from a whole season take their toll. Over on the opposite sideline, 
How much would having Darius Slay back help the Detroit Lions this weekend since he's been dealing with injuries and missed last week's game? Yeah, I heard one of the uh, reporters in Detroit saw him dancing in the locker room. I don't know if that's a sign or not, <laughs> but I consider him like one of the best cover guys in the division, and obviously he tilts the field. I mean, it's, it's like the Packers missing Sam Shields. I mean, they, there's an adjustment there for the Lions secondary when he's not playing, and maybe he and Cobb should just go one-on-one for a while and see who's healthier and see and let that be the uh, kind of the, the injury matchup of the day. That'd be kind of funny to see them match up just to see who's who's got more in, in the tank. But Darius Slay is an important guy to them. And, you know, the way Rodgers is playing, uh, if if Darius Slay plays, and I think he probably will, again, given the nature of this game, it's the most important game the Lions have played in 25 years. I, I'd be surprised if he's, you know, if guys, you, you know, to me, it's like you got to hold guys back to uh, keep them out of the game because they'll be begging to play. And if he's compromised at all, um, heaven help him, because the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, all it's going to take is one step, and uh, he's, he's going to get scorched. Yeah. Uh, keeping with the cornerback theme here, what do you think the impact will be of the injuries to Ladarius Gunter? He's coming off the elbow injury. He actually missed the end of the game last week. And Demarius Randall, he's got the groin injury. He's been limited in practice. You know, both these guys have kind of been up and down this year. What's their impact going to be? Well, that's a great question with, with Gunter because um, it seems like you only notice him when he screws up, but I think he's, uh, you know, from what the coaches and everybody else is saying and what the films are saying, that he's been playing better than maybe you think. And Randall's been up and down for much of the year, and you wonder how much of that has been health-related because there have been times when maybe he's out there and he shouldn't be or, or he's out there kind of gutting it through. And uh, young players like him, they're, they're going to have ups and downs anyway. But the, the health thing is an extra, you know, added factor in that. So, I mean, the Packers definitely need both those guys to play and I think play pretty well because Stafford has a lot of weapons and he's he's shown some some capability too. their offense has. I mean, let's face it, they don't have much of a running game, so that they're going to have to throw. And, you know, for, for there were moments against Dallas that they looked pretty good. And I, I'd be surprised, you know, if if. Randall and Gunther are compromised it could make the day longer for the the Packers I think the best thing that can happen for the Packers is to get pressure on Stafford and then that'll you know that that will kind of compensate for any uh health deficiencies they have with Gunther and, and Randall but I put those guys in the same boat as Cobb you know this is a all hands on deck game you got to win this one and if guys are able to walk they're going to play now the question is uh can they avoid the, the, the physical mistakes, because there's going to be, and, and, and even maybe the, the mental mistakes that come with trying to compensate for injuries, that's, that's going to be where the game's kind of won and lost, I think. Absolutely. We're talking to Drew Olson of the Big 920 and the Big 1070 here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Drew, uh, the Packers' run game was great two weeks ago against Chicago, and then it was nearly non-existent last week against Minnesota. What's it going to be this weekend? That's a great question. When Rodgers is, is, is on fire the way he was against Minnesota, they didn't need to run the ball. It, it became a necessity. And, you know, I've always been a believer of in the modern NFL, you don't need to run the ball to win. You need to run the ball when you're winning. You know, the, the time to, it's when you want to have those, those long clock-eating drives, and that's when you need it. When you need with the four-minute game kind of, that, that deal, that's when you need to be able to run. And, but I, I think that uh, given – just the nature of this game and the fact that the, the it's going to be amped up there, the atmosphere is going to be, you know, pretty electric. 
I think the Packers will run more than they did last week. Um, this is a fast track, too, and I'm not sure, you know, the Packers have been playing in these muddy games. This is going to be a fast track, so it's going to be a little bit of a different game. So the temptation might be to throw an air, air it out more and let Rodgers go to work and pick him apart. But I'd be surprised if Ty Montgomery doesn't get, you know, 15 carries. I think that's that, that's probably a pretty good target. So I think they're going to probably run more. And, again, a lot of it depends on the game. If you're playing from in front, um, they may have more opportunity to run, and then we'll have that classic case that we see in the NFL all the time, just like the Packers against the Bears where – you know, the offense just went into hibernation and they let the Bears back in the game. But I think that in this case, I'd be surprised. I think that I think a target for Montgomery would be like 15, 15 carries or maybe just north of that. I think that that's what I expect going in. Nah, same. Nah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Drew, fill, fill in the blank for me. If, if there's one thing that holds back the Packers from making a deep playoff run, it's what? Well, uh, it's always health. Because, you know, if Clay Matthews looked like he was rejuvenated last week, and that's a field-tilting, game-changing guy. But the, to me, the, the, the thing that is, we've been talking about is just their secondary, the inconsistency of their secondary. And the, just, you know, we're, we're not that far removed. It seems like a long time ago, but we're not that far removed from when they were giving up 500 yards and 40 points a game. <laughs> and so they're capable of doing that in addition to playing well like they have of late and with all the turnovers. So if they don't force turnovers and they're in one of those games and I just, you know, think of, think back to what Kirk cousins did to the Packers where he was dropping balls in and didn't miss an open receiver. And you know, that, that, that nightmare wasn't that long ago. And so that, that, that to me is where the, the Packers are vulnerable in the secondary. If they can continue to force turnovers like they have, they'll be in good shape because Rogers doesn't turn the ball over. That's kind of why, you going into this game, jump the route a little bit on you. I think the Packers are going to win this game because of that. I think they'll continue. Even if they get one or two turnovers from Stafford and the Lions, they're so stingy and Rodgers is so stingy. So that to me is what that can prevent the Packers from a deep playoff run is just that, the the play of the secondary. Yeah, and having a good pass rush only helps the secondary. Hopefully that's the case if you're the Packers. Uh, Drew, if I would have asked you how likely it was that the Packers would run the table back when they were five and six, what would have been your answer back then? Well, I'd have said it was possible, but highly unlikely. And that's one of the things, Brian, my, my, uh, I've, I've floated a wild theory on the radio this week is that uh, <laughs> maybe the best thing that could happen for the Packers is the Redskins lose and they're in no matter what. And then they you know, lose to Detroit in a competitive game with no injuries and stuff. Because the idea now that, okay, if they win Sunday and then you want them to win the Super Bowl, that's a 10-game winning streak. And a lot of teams that win the Super Bowl, especially recently, lose a game, and sometimes even two in December. And that the whole thing about, because I play blackjack a lot, you know, and I know that <laughs> one event doesn't necessarily influence the other. It's just that it's hard. You, you get due. Like the, my, my favorite theory in sports is the regression theory, and, and it's, it's the market correction. And it's just hard in the NFL to win that many games and keep that role going because once in a while you're going to get a bad bounce or you're going to get a team that hangs around and things aren't going to go your way. That said, I mean, you know, Rogers, he didn't really predict it. The narrative has become that he, he, he's, he, he boldly said, no, he said, I think we can run the table. We have talent here. It was almost like he was trying to pump it up the team and himself. And now we find out that he saw some things in that Washington blowout at the end that he thought, you know, were encouraging, but I don't think anybody could have really predicted this as low as they were after that month when they were, getting spanked and giving up 40 a game this has been a complete renaissance 
But this is the team that we thought they were. This is the team that we, you know, when they were early in the season in week three or four, this is this is where we thought they'd be playing at this level. You know, not not necessarily having to win the last game to get in the playoffs and be ten and six, but we thought they were capable of this. So it's been a really fascinating season in that front. All right. So we're gonna go send out people to look for you at Potawatomi uh, before the game on, yeah. on Sunday. I'll be the guy at, losing at, at Blackjack. <laughs> uh, that's my thing. You know the thing. And that's just the thing with the, you know, you know how that is. I, I, I go back to when the Packers last won the Super Bowl. They were three and three in their last six games, I think. And there have been a bunch of teams that have won the Super Bowl. And the, the, the old adage is you got to be hot going into the playoffs. No, you've got to be hot when the playoffs start. That's the important thing. It's like yeah. the rest of it doesn't matter. We've seen teams win the Super Bowl, you know, maybe not losing their last game, but losing sometime in December. And sometimes those losses are like the rocky to your core losses. Like, oh, my God, this is not bode well. And then. Everything changes when the playoffs start and you flip the switch. You talked about Washington losing. You're, you're not giving a chance to Tampa Bay here? They're still alive. Oh, yeah. That's like my chances <laughs> of winning a million dollars playing black, blackjack. I, I used to cover the Admirals uh, hockey team way back in, when they were in the International Hockey League, and they were circling the drain of the season. They were, you know, And I asked their uh, marketing director, Mike Wojciechowski, I said, are you guys still mathematically in it? He said, oh, yeah, we got a chance. He said, if Peoria's plane hits Kalamazoo's bus, we'll be in the playoffs. <laughs> Other than that, we got no chance. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the that's kind of the strata that, that Tampa's in. When yeah. your playoff hinges on like a tie somewhere, you're pretty much out. All right. Final prediction. What's gonna happen on Sunday? I think that uh, I, I I think turnovers will be key. The the Lions will come out. This is the biggest game the Lions have played in twenty five years. And they deserve – they've had an interesting season, too, because they dug out from a bad start, and here they are. But then they've been stumbling down the stretch, and here come the Packers, you know, rolling and, and firing on all cylinders, and Rodgers is indomitable. I think the Packers have the upper hand in talent, in momentum, and just with Aaron Rodgers. So I think the Packers will win this game. I think they'll – I think it'll be kind of comfortable by the end. I, I would say the Packers win this one. I'm going to give you 31 to 20 as my score. All right. Sounds good. And before we let you go, Drew, the one thing you've done recently is start Crush It Sports Media Training. Tell us about that because there might be people out there listening to this podcast looking to get into the profession. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, Crush It was designed, uh, my college roommate and best friend spent many years in the presentation skills industry doing uh, teaching salespeople, marketers, and CEOs how to present themselves in meetings and in public speaking circles and things like that. And he met some people in the sports world and they, they thought, Hey, you know, you should talk to coaches and athletic directors and even players about this. And he thought, Oh, I should get with Drew. And so what we did was we devised a curriculum and my goal is to help athletes and coaches in post-game settings and interview settings, kind of avoid bulletin board material and learn how to learn how to look at cameras. You see guys that are, that don't have good camera skills and kind of help that. And, what it's spun into, this business crush that we've had, is we've done some work with the Red Sox and with the Erie Bayhawks of the, uh, the D-League, and we found that there are, there are people, you know, even outside of the sports world, can use these skills um, because everybody's basically on camera and everybody's presenting themselves all the time, whether it's a marketing situation or it's an interview situation or dating or just interpersonal relations. We spend so much time looking at our screens and devices now that we've kind of lost the skill of uh, communicating and so it's, it's been an interesting endeavor, and we've started it out, uh, you know, it's uh, crushitsportsmedia.com, is, is, and sports is our jumping off point, but we found that, and we can do work with youth groups, with high school kids, and uh, we have, there's all kinds of avenues that we can do to help people uh, just feel more comfortable speaking in groups and, and just presenting themselves uh, 
in a positive manner and learning, you know, what to say, how to say it and being clear and concise and confident in uh, when they're being asked questions. So that's, that's kind of our goal and our, our mission. We started um, in about July last year and we've done a couple gigs. We both, we, we both have other full-time jobs, but we've done a couple gigs and eventually this could end up being a pretty, uh, a pretty thriving business because it's a skill that a lot of people need. Very cool. CrushItSportsMedia.com. Drew, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. Say hi to Mike Heller and John Adius. You complete the trifecta. I've had both those guys on the show before, so th- thanks and say hi to them, all right? I, I will. You know, um, I've-, I've joined their afternoon show, but they don't really they don't really talk to me outside of the three hours <laughs> that we're on the air. So I'll try to get word through their people because they Yo. hosted for Rich Eisen this week. They're kind of big time now. Yeah. Yeah, well, well I'll, I'll see what I can do. And, um, and Brian, anytime you need me, man, it's always good to talk to Packers fans. Sounds good, Drew. Thanks a lot. Take care, all right? You bet. Drew Olson of the Big 1070 and the Big 920 in Madison and Milwaukee, respectively, joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, joining us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. uh, I'm going to give you my prediction momentarily here. But first, let's get caught up on what's been happening and some things we alluded to with rules in here. But I wanted to give you my two cents on these issues. Randall Cobb did not participate in practice in either of the past two days. He reportedly did things like catch balls from the jugs machine on the sideline while the rest of the team practiced. Apparently, that was enough to be considered a practice participant listed as did not participate on the injury report officially. Uh, but like we said in the last episode, Randall Cobb said the plan is to you know basically stay off the ankle this week in hopes of playing on Sunday, which isn't a given, but that's the hope. You know, but from a health standpoint here, uh, the Packers are looking pretty good heading into this game. Besides Cobb, there were only two other players that haven't practiced at all this week. One of them is uh, Julius Peppers, who's merely just getting rest. He's not out with any injury or anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that late in the season for the oldest player on the roster, that's fine. I, I think if you're the coaching staff and you want to do that with Julius Peppers, he's accomplished. He's been there before. He knows what it takes. He can do that. Uh, the other is running back James Starks, who unfortunately is still dealing with the effects of that concussion uh, from the car accident. But other than that, every other player on the roster is practicing in at least some capacity. Although, Three players were downgraded on the injury report from full to limited from Wednesday to Thursday. They were offensive lineman Brian Balaga, cornerback Demarius Randall, and linebacker Joe Thomas. You know, you could say, well, at least they practiced somehow if you're kind of looking at the glass half full. Um, you know, we'll hope for the best for them. I'm hoping that, you know, they didn't suffer a setback or at least a major setback. It's just maybe a case of the team purposely trying to dial back their participation in anticipation of the game coming up here and just wanting to keep them healthy as possible and keep them fresh for some guys who have been dinged up or I I guess Joe Thomas I guess suffered a setback perhaps because he wasn't listed on the injury report at all on Wednesday, appeared on it for the first time Thursday. He must have done something there. 
Uh, we'll keep tabs on that, and hopefully he's all right. But at least the inside linebacker position has been getting healthier of late. Um, just something I wanted to acknowledge here uh, and talk about. Well, you know, I've got my opportunity to do so here. The good work done by Tom Silverstein, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, on his article this week on the team's cornerbacks, and I kind of wanted to comment on this. Um, so go check it out uh, at PackersNews.com or what, however you want to call that part of the USA Today network now. Uh, but the gist of the article was that Ladarius Gunter has been the most solid cornerback on the Packers roster this season, and I really think that has been accurate. And in some ways, it's 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 also unfortunate because not only was Gunter the the undrafted rookie, while you know Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins were first and second round draft picks, respectively. Um, Gunter was the least athletic of the bunch. It, it, the article compared their performances at the NFL Combine, and Gunter had the slowest 40-yard dash of the three and the lowest vertical jump of the three, and yet he's playing the best, and it just goes to show the most athletic players aren't always the best, and, and we probably shouldn't be surprised at that. We've if you've been following sports, any sport, or, or you know it, that that kind of thing just happens. Uh, you know, most of the time, the most athletic player is the best, but not always. Um, and, but I shouldn't say that as, as if I'm giving up on Demarius Randall and Quint Rollins just yet. These players do have higher ceilings because of one, the athletic ability, the the measurables from the combine, the forty, the vertical, things like that. But, you know, there there were also extenuating circumstances here. Remember, the things that were working against these guys, you know, the moment the Packers drafted them. You know, Quentin Rollins here, the former college basketball player who only spent one season playing college football. And, and then with Demarius Randall, the guy who was the college safety making the transition to cornerback. And he actually... Wait, you know, years ago, back in Juke, junior college as a JUCO, he played baseball. Uh, that was quite a few years ago. He actually played four years of college football. So Demarius Randall is, you know, been at it a little bit longer. But still, you know, these guys have had things working. They've both been dealing with the injuries this year, both of them, ironically, with groin injuries. If these guys could just get healthy, I, I think they can still be very good. We've seen with Demarius Randall. I mean, he's the biggest playmaker out there in the Packers secondary. He he can make huge plays. Huge, he's done it now for two straight years in which he'll step up in these big situations and pick off a pass that you never think he would get to or he, he shows amazing range to get to a football or, you know, comes up with a, a batted pass at, at the end zone like he did last year in a critical fourth quarter situation. You know, he can do it. it it's just the consistency, and that's really the deal with Quentin Rollins, too, who's, who's been up and down, and he had a ba bad game last week, but he's been all right in other games. Uh, these guys just need to get healthy and experienced. And I thought it would come this year. I, I suppose maybe that was a little bit too ambitious, perhaps. Um, hopefully these guys, uh, you know, they got to take a big step sometime. Uh, just because the fact that the Packers did invest 
first and second round draft choices, you expect more out of these guys. Uh, but I mean, this this isn't to say we we should be lauding you, you know uh, Ladarius Gunter here, the least athletic of the bunch, who who really is playing well, and he's had moments where he's struggled as well. There's de- definitely been games where he's been in the ch- cow chip category. Uh, here at Railbird Central after a poor performance, but uh, he's also done really well in games too. So uh, hopefully these guys uh, step up here late in the season. But good article by Tom Silverstein. Go read it if you haven't already. All right, prediction time here for the game. Uh, my thoughts on what's going to happen on Sunday in the de facto NFC North title game. You know, I I was seriously looking for reasons to pick Detroit. Darius Slay's health kind of being chief among them, uh, but also with the Lions having home field advantage. But with the Packers on the now four-game win streak, and we've seen this out of him before, it's remarkably similar how close this team is to the 2010 edition. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but it's difficult to go against a team playing so well. And, you know, Drew Olsen kind of, you know, threw a little bit of cold water on on the hot notion and that, you know, all takes is one loss to to kind of douse the fire and and there's no guarantee they're going to win. But, you know, even if Darius Slay plays on Sunday, the way Aaron Rodgers has been playing, and he's healthy now that the calf and the hamstring are less of an issue, I see him being the difference in this game. And and you know what clinched it for me? I saw this stat from Marcus Eversall, who's been on the show before. He's for uh, WDUZ Radio in Green Bay. Uh, I believe I saw this on Twitter. He said, Matt Stafford only has five wins in his career against teams with winning records. That's remarkable, and I, I went online, like, I kind of looked this up, and it's true. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the guy, Rogers, that's more experienced, more accomplished um, to get the job done and get the Packers in the playoffs. So my final score uh, for Sunday, I've got the Packers winning 35-31, a fairly high-scoring game in the Dome. Um, I think these teams uh, are going to put up a lot of points on the board here. And it should be an exciting one. But yeah, I, I'm going with the Packers. Well, I was seriously looking for reasons to pick Detroit, but I just can't do it against the team. You know, everybody thought, or I shouldn't say everybody, but even coming into the season, all the pundits thought, you know, Green Bay would be a good team, even Super Bowl contenders, things like that. No reason to go against it now. It's the same personnel it was before the season. They're just playing hot at the right time. And when you guys got got guys like Clay Matthews getting hot at the right time, that's a good thing for the Green Bay Packers. I'm going with the win, and uh, we'll go into the last segment. The day ahead. Mike McCarthy's press conference today, the last in advance of the game, is being held at 9.35 a.m. Central Team. As usual, stream live at Packers.com, so go check it out. Uh, that'll happen in advance of the team releasing their final injury report of the week. Although, as usual, they can always update it on Saturdays. They're just not required to. Um, but we'll see what they got to say here on Friday afternoon, the health and status of these guys, whether they're going to be questionable for the game or doubtful or whatever happens. We'll find out later in the day. We're going to, you know, Randall Cobb is especially the biggest one, I think, 
uh, to look for on the injury report, but also guys like linebacker Joe Thomas um, and the guys who were you know, downgraded like Brian Balog and Marius Randall. We talked about that already. We'll see what that is later in the day. I suppose if you haven't heard already, but I'm guessing you have, the Packers game has been flexed to Sunday night football, and that means it'll air at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth will have the call. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the game with the most on the line this week. Uh, with the division title on the line. So that kind of basically, they they wait until week 16 is over to choose the week 17 games uh, for, for the final one of the season. Uh, it's, in the, it's, it's, it's in its own time slot. The whole nation will be watching pretty much on New Year's Day, January 1st. Uh, and But though, uh, if you are a Packers fan, you'll probably have interest in the New York at Washington game that kicks off at 3:25 p.m. Central Time, and local broadcasters in Wisconsin have made sure that you'll see that game. I, I can't speak for other areas of the country. I know most of the country is getting it, but uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever really mentioned this on the show before. But those of you who don't know, go to 506sports.com. That's 506, 506sports.com. They have coverage maps there that show you where in the country, what games you're getting at what time. It's not a big deal for, for the Packers game this week because they play the nationally televised Sunday night game. The whole nation gets that. But the games on CBS and Fox, it, you know, those are regional games. You don't know, especially if the local team isn't playing, you don't know what game you're going to get. So go to 506sports.com. You can see the coverage maps there. I know Wisconsin's getting the the New York-Washington game, which is big because, you know, you want Washington to lose because that basically clinches a spot for the Green Bay Packers, assuming this wild scenario for Tampa Bay doesn't come to fruition, and it's pretty much impossible. So um, uh, you want Washington to lose, and, and, and um, yeah, uh, enjoy the games. Go, go check out that website and... Enjoy it, folks. Hey, everybody out there, uh, pardon me, my voice is going on me here. Have a good, happy new year, everyone. We'll talk to you again on Monday and recap this game. Uh, Go Pack Go. Enjoy a great weekend of football, college football playoffs this weekend. Um, So uh, a lot of good good things up ahead here in the very near future. Happy new year, everyone. uh, And we'll... uh, We'll talk to you on Monday, recapping the game. We'll see you later. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. My call to action, if you haven't done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So go to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating, brief little review, and um, we'd greatly appreciate it because it helps get word out about the show, and we think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. Like I said, folks, we'll see you later. Happy New Year. I leave you today with a song called Rosie by String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.